0: You're listening to Last Word Soccer Club Radio, only here, LastWordOnSports.com.
1: What's up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of Last Word Soccer Club Radio. It is me once again doing the what's up internet. Um, I feel like I've hosted like 20 podcasts in the last month um, and it's only the middle of March. I am currently recovering from losing my voice this weekend uh, in Cincinnati cheering for the Sounders. I will have more on that later. Um, But again, welcome to the Last Word Soccer Club radio show. We are sponsored by Icarus FC Roughneck Scarves and our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. Tonight, it is a women's soccer show. We are um, previewing the upcoming NWSL season that kicks off on March 25th. And I am not alone. Joining me is... Kansas City specialist Daniel Sperry. Daniel how are
0: you? I'm doing good Rachel fighting the uh the like near it's the end of winter but it's not truly spring and not warm enough to do anything else yet and I it it is inducing a whole lot of I I can't I, I as you can see I'm speechless but It has induced a whole lot of uh, lethargy, if anything. Um, There's nothing you can... Like, you want to go outside... And it's like, oh, yeah, the sun's out. This is great. But it was still like barely 40 degrees today. And that's not fun. And I as a as a person who uh, relaxes um, by golfing or attempting to be outdoors, it's too cold to do either of those things right now. So I haven't been I feel like I am not like I'm so close, but like I'm almost I wouldn't say I'm battling, like, the idea of seasonal depression, but it is a mini, like, seasonal depression, like, moment of, like, God, this really sucks. Can it just be warmer now? Because you are being
1: teased with it. That's I'm what being
0: teased it. with it. The season started, like, we're in, like, I, I finally covered a home soccer match. It was fun to go out to Denver two weeks ago, hang out with our buddy Matt Pollard and cover sporting out there, but it was, you know, barely it wasn't even freezing out there. So it was, it was 30 degrees. So uh, to come home and have a home game and it's like, "Mm, this is not quite doesn't quite have that open windows in the press box vibe kind of feel. So we're close, we're getting there. And hopefully by the time the end of the show kicks off, we'll be there.
1: Well, I will tell you where it was freezing Um, Cincinnati. I went this weekend for the Sounders game and I, I have this thing where I say I'm like taking, um, my my friends their their first mls games have been with me took a couple friends down to orlando last year um took my mom to a game a couple years ago and then this year for my boyfriend's birthday which is on wednesday shout out to luke um we, we went to Cincinnati to go see the Sounders, so I was not in the press box, as in the stands as a fan. And they said in, like, the 60th minute, thank you for coming, all 25,000. It is a sellout. And by the way, this is the coldest FC, FC Cincy game in history. And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, yeah. Was, it was so cold, but... But so worth it. But yes, Dan, like you said, hopefully it will warm up for the upcoming NWSL season. Um, folks, we're pretty much just going to get right into this. So here's what's going to go down. We have 12 teams in the NWSL. Um, actually, but before we talk about that, um, Dan, thoughts on the Utah Royals coming back, just just in general? Like, what do you think about it?
0: Yeah, uh, good for the Royals. Um, in general... I, I don't know how to quite feel about them yet. Um, I think there's still some questions about the way women's soccer went in Utah last time. Um, I don't know that I like everything that I have seen from the new ownership group that owns RSL, um, and some of their sponsorship stuff. Um, but ultimately, if they end up putting money behind it and they end up making it something as legitimate as possible um, and, you know, pushing the envelope. Cool. Um, good for you know, I'm happy for that. Um, I, I know there's a fair amount of fans in Utah that love that team and that were really behind it. I always think it's good for those fan bases and, you know, they should feel excited. I had my team ripped away from me growing up. The San Jose Earthquakes became the Houston Dynamo. Uh, So I was very happy to have the team that came back. The problem is, is that the team that came back was uh, a mess of an ownership. Um, I think this is kind of the opposite uh, for them. So hopefully it leads to a brighter and better future for the Royals and for uh, the NWSL, especially in Utah. So.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that I was, I was actually talking with some equalizer friends about this um, today. I'm excited for Utah to actually be an expansion team because the last time, of course, FC Kansas city folded, as you know, very well, Dan, and then they pretty much got a bulk of those players coming to Utah. Um, And then of course, when Utah folded, they went right back to Kansas city and and joined the current. Um, So Expand. i love expansion drafts i don't know why i just think they're so much fun and the possibilities are endless um but yeah i think i think it's going to be good to see the the return of the royals i cannot say i love the updated crest though um i miss i miss the old one this one just looks i don't know i don't know but
0: i'm fine with it i'm fine with it i think it's i
1: just I really liked like the bar from Utah from last time was so high because those gold jerseys were incredible. Um, the blue ones mm-hmm. with the mountains on them were really good, mm-hmm. um, and I, I had a Utah scarf and and it's one of my favorite scarves. I just really love that logo. Um, but maybe I'm also still just underwhelmed by the fact that they turned the rain logo into a lion eating a potato chip, because um, okay. <laughs> that's what it is.
0: Gotta have gotta have them tater <laughs> chips.
1: but yeah, I like, we, we X'd out the first segment and then I was like, Oh wait, Utah just got announced. Yeah. We should probably talk about that. Um, but Utah is not coming into the NWSL until 2024. Um, this year there are 12 teams again for the second year in a row. Um, angel city and San Diego are no longer expansion sides. That tag has been removed They are in their sophomore season. Um, so there are six teams and Dan and I are going to talk about, Uh, I'm sorry, six teams each for both of us, um, for 12 in total. Um, We're just going to talk about some players maybe that have been acquired this offseason, some of their draft picks, maybe some players they've lost, Um, and just what we think about the team um, going into the 2023 season. Um, so I'm going to get us started off and talk about Angel City FC, um, Angel City FC. And I have a very interesting relationship because I really, really, really want to love them. Um, but I really feel like they were, and dare I say, they are, uh, more of a brand than they are a soccer team. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I don't think they did. Um, a lot this offseason to really change my mind about that. Their most notable um, move was probably bringing in Merritt Mathias from North Carolina. She is a good defender, but she's also an aging defender. She's not as young as she used to be. Paige Nielsen got re-signed to a two-year deal um, to help bolster that defense again. She had a couple injury problems um, last year, so Angel City certainly hoping they could get a full season out of her um, but I do like the pickup of Katie Johnson. I've always been a big Katie Johnson fan um, uh, being the uh, Mexican international, uh, one of the first Mexican American internationals to play for the Mexican women's national team. Um, I think she is a really good depth piece uh, for them. Although I can't see too many players of theirs going um, away to Australia and New Zealand uh, this summer for the FIFA women's world cup. Um, I one question mark i have for angel city is the allison swabby situation she went on loan to psg um i think in january and she really hasn't been getting playing time so i'm wondering um of course swabby is with the jamaican women's national team they are going uh to the world cup i am intrigued to see if maybe like what if um angel city you know recalls her um so should be should be interesting to see how that goes um obviously the big question a lot of people have for um angel city fc are is really a two-parter uh it's a two-for-one maybe when is kristen press coming back um of course she she posted uh, about how her and sydney larue both had injuries that ended their season last year um And they didn't really get properly fixed the right way. Um, I think Press said she just had surgery number three. Um, And so she's recovering from that. And then, of course, you know, when talking about Kristen Press, a lot of people have been wondering, um, is Angel City going to sign Tobin Heath? It's kind of one of the worst kept secrets in the NWSL this offseason. And everyone pretty much thinks it's going to happen. Tobin Heath had, I think she had surgery and like, late August, maybe September last year, um, which took her out after a few um, little little appearances for uh, OL Reign. Um, but is she going to sign with Angel City? I don't know. Is Kristen Press going to come back this year? I don't know. Um, but I think most people can rule her out for the World Cup, because to be honest with you, if you're not playing, you shouldn't be in the World Cup. But that's a whole different beast and I'm not going to get on there. I don't think uh Angel City makes the playoffs this season. They didn't really. To me, they didn't add enough in the off season. um I would like to see Sydney LaRue do well um, and pick up some of their scoring for them but I don't know coming off of that injury. So that's my thoughts on angel city and we're going to toss it to Dan for a pretty depleted um, Chicago red stars team.
0: Yeah. So just after, after barely just uh, missing out on the postseason, season, um, I think we saw the fallout of a lot of the, the things that we saw in the report um, out goes uh, Vanessa DiBernardo and I uh, and Morgan Gautreaux out uh, went, um, goodness, uh, you know, you just mentioned coming over to Angel City. Um, please, the name is escaping me. Goodness
1: Daniel gracious. Colaprico.
0: Yeah, Daniel Colaprico. Um, you know, I think there there's some large losses on that team. As, as, I was go, as I'm looking over the roster and, you know, what they've added, um, I, you still have Alyssa Nayer in there um tierna davidson hopefully should be back uh and healthy for this season at least ready to contribute um that was a significant loss for them along the back line at the end of at the early part of last season um bianca st george also is a uh, experienced defender as well as um, tatum malazzo um so amanda kowalski as well I, I swear every single time i see like chicago score on a corner it's amanda kowalski getting her head on a on it. She's a great set piece um, addition there. Um, you know, one addition that this team made that I, I really do like is Julia Bianchi. Um, the pickup of her in the midfield, um, a very a, a technical midfielder. Um, you get the technical play, but you get a little bit of the bite, um, a very good midfielder on her way over to the NWSL from Brazil. So um, a solid move there. And then, of course, you've got Carrie Recaro, um joining in. And then, of course, you like obviously you cannot talk about this team without talking about Mallory Swanson, who is the most informed uh, women's national team player in the world at the moment. Um, you know, that last year she made that team tick um she was one of my votes for mvp i think i figured that she wouldn't end up winning mvp however to me i don't think that that chicago red stars team is sniffing the postseason without her um and to you know i think she carried um them through a lot of injury issues and a lot of everything else that was going on off the field for that club she's the one who carried them to the postseason so she got my mvp vote last year but i think Mal Pugh is um going to have to be that person again for them if they want to make the postseason there's you know coaching changes there's a whole lot of new that's coming in with this red stars team that i just i it, think it, it's really easy to look at the outgoing transactions um and uh everything else going on and say this team probably going to be out of the playoffs and Personally, I have them out of the playoffs. But I do think that if there's any team uh that, you know, people are probably gonna look at and kind of think, okay, they're gonna be towards the bottom. I think this might be the team that at least has something in it that can push them up towards at least the maybe the playoff line if things go really well for them. And of course, you can make additions throughout the offs, throughout the middle of the season, you can make a trade or something. So something could change potentially. But um I, I think it's a relatively grim outlook for the Red Stars this year. Um, which is sad because I think they're a team that has a good fan base behind it. um, uh, When they're, when they're there, Um, you know, the supporters groups are really behind that and they fight really hard for supporting those girls, especially uh, the, you know, those players, especially in the middle of um, everything going on there. So uh, I think, You know, it'll be a tough year for the Red Stars, is what it's looking like. Um, But, you know, I think if anything, Mallory Swanson uh, can prove a lot of doubters wrong, continue to prove a lot of doubters wrong, and uh, work some of that magic um, up in the Windy City.
1: Good stuff, Dan. Um, We are going to move down south now. To the Houston Dash. Houston Dash um, is is basically the new home of any Liga Mekis player that wants to play in in the NWSL. Um, aside from Uchenna Kanu, who's signed with Racing Louisville, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but Houston Dash, um, they signed. Do do, do, they sign Diana or Yes to a three-year deal after she was traded um, at the NWSL draft? I was there, um, and I actually ran up to Sean Nahas and talked to him about, you know, what was – You know, the idea going on to that. And he said, uh, quote, so at the end of the day, we needed to make a decision and we wanted to make sure we took care of her for the efforts and the work that she put in for our club. It wasn't something we came into the offseason thinking that we would do. It just happened over the last couple of weeks and we wanted to make sure we honored it, end quote. Um Diana Ordonez wanted to be closer to her family. The Houston Dash uh, is much closer to her family. I think they live in like Southern Texas um or something like that but um it was it was in the works for quite some time and that's a huge huge pickup for um uh for Houston they now have that connection between Ordonez and um uh, Maria Sanchez uh, who came from Tigres last season uh after after she was loaned. um I think she was loaned in 2021 and then she signed in 2022 um for uh for <clears throat> for the Dash um they have a new coach in Sam lady he used to be the assistant coach um for ol rain he was you know the partner in crime of um Laura Harvey for a number of years whenever um I don't remember what happened I think Think it was, oh it was when Ben Steedy was fired and before Laura Harvey got there. Uh Lady was the interim coach for the rain, and everybody thought they were gonna collapse and they were just on an absolute tear and winning streak. Um he's been an assistant since the NWSL has started. Um, and and he now gets his shot at a head coaching job. Um, he had success at OL rain so Wonder if he's going to bring that to um, Houston. Um, there are two players this offseason that one was re-signed to a pretty nice deal, and one was um, signed on from uh, Liga MX Femenil. So the first is Ryan Garris, and she's really one of the new faces of the franchise for Houston. She was a rookie last year. She's coming into her sophomore season. Um, she got a couple of votes for uh, rookie of the year, but that was just such a tough class last year, and that also included Diana uh, Ordonez and uh, the likes of like Elise Bennett. Um, so Ryan Garish, she signed on through twenty twenty five, so they have her locked down. Um, and honestly, she's kind of that Rachel Daly replacement for Houston. Um, and then another player um, to highlight is she came from Rayados uh, CF CF Monterrey. Barbara Oliveri, she is actually a Venezuelan international, um, and she joined Houston. Um, She formerly played at Texas A&M for two years before deciding to go pro um, in Liga Amequis, and she was the SEC freshman of the year in 2020. Um, So a couple couple accolades to her name in her freshman season um, and also in her sophomore season as well before deciding to go pro. I think Houston is going to look really good this year. And Houston also gets the added benefit of the fact that, Yes, they will be missing their Canadian internationals during the World Cup, but they will not be missing their Mexican internationals because as a single tear rolls down my cheek, Mexico did not qualify for the World Cup. So, um, And Venezuela, I don't believe are in the World Cup as well. Um, So they keep Oliveri, they keep Maria Sanchez, and they keep um, Diana Ordonez as well. So uh, when a lot of players are going to be there, and I think there is like, a weekend or two of games during the world cup um so while a lot of players are gone that could be some some valuable time valuable time um for those veteran players to just go run over some rookies um but i think houston's gonna look really really good this year um and i'm excited to see how they do this is your expertise now dan The just sandwiched in between um Chicago and Houston are the Kansas city current who went on an absolute signing tear. Uh, this, this, this off season.
0: Yeah. The Kansas city current have been, uh, incredibly active. Um, first they signed Morgan Gattrall and Vanessa Di Bernardo, uh, in free agency. Um, in addition, they added Mimi Larson um, from overseas striker from Sweden um scored a goal a couple goals for them in preseason now um of, you know, of the few goals that the current have scored in their three preseason matches um and then uh you know there's rumors of melchie de mornay and that the current were um heavily involved in the uh recruitment of her and trying to get her to come over um ultimately uh were beat out by a very significant financial offer from uh i believe OL Reign not OL Reign o. Olympic Lyon uh in uh in league in the women's league I don't know is there a better uh is there like an actual league f- like name for the French league I thought
1: that it was just league? The, the league 1
0: Okay we'll go with the women's league on League 1 um, feminine or however yes. they say it in Yes <laughs> yes league 1 feminine uh that's fine um so then uh as uh, Arsenal fans were um, – women's Arsenal fans were f- dreaming about Dabinia and Orlando Pride fans were dreaming about Dabinia. I sent a text message, uh, darn, you missed out on De Mornay, to a staffer for uh, the Kansas City Current. And the response – I said, missed out on De Mornay. I guess you're just going to have to go sign Dabinia. Um, I did not know anything at the time. But, of course, somehow I had sent them the text message – uh, within uh, hours of them finalizing the deal to sign Dibinia. Um so they did sign Dibinia, um and added Dabina. I got a call, I think forty-eight hours later, of like, "Hey, so you know that text you sent?" Um, it's like, "Wow, okay." Um, so this is fun. Uh, the the glory of reporting things. Um, I I I thought it was uh, interesting. Um, the way that they've gone about their offseason, they have gone full blow. Um, I think there was a comment that was made uh, when they signed DiBernardo and Gattreau from Potter to me um, about how the Portland Thorns were able to bring Crystal Dunn um, and, uh, and multiple star caliber players off the bench in the final. Um, and they really had nothing that they could have brought off the bench in the final to change things, partly because of their injury situation, you know, partly because of, you know, the, where they were at with the rest of the roster and the turnaround was really incredible from, uh, 2021 to 2022, but it just didn't quite, they didn't ended up, they ended up short, um, because I think they were still a little hamstrung from that roster that they were dealing with to start with. Um, so year two brings on a whole host of that. Then of course they traded Lynn Williams, um, to Gotham for Michelle Cooper, who also scored a couple goals in preseason recently, um, they or to draft Michelle Cooper um, with the second overall draft pick. They also drafted Alexis Spanstra. Three more draft picks will make the roster most likely in Gabby Robinson, Ryland Childers and Alex Silkewitz. Um And then they continue to add by adding Hannah Glass, uh, one of the best fullbacks in the world from Bayern Munich comes over to Sporting Kansas City whenever – or Sporting Kansas City. To the Kansas City Current, um, I have – this is the life of covering two teams. Goodness gracious. Uh, Hannah Glass will join the Current um, as she continues to rehab from her knee injury. Um, Claire Lavage will get back into the mix at some point. They re-signed Desiree Scott as well. She will come back into the mix. She is back in town. I get to chat with her um, this week, and so be looking forward to an article coming out um, with Desiree Scott uh, in the coming days and weeks, but ultimately this is a team that, you know, has a lot of really good building blocks, uh, and then went out and added a lot of really high caliber talent, um, to it. I, I would arguably say it's championship or bust for the current this year. Um, when you put that kind of investment into the team and you go out and you do what, what you, what they did, um, then there's really no other option. So, um, I think they're going to have to put, it's kind of be one of those things of, okay, you felt like you were, you needed more firepower to come off the bench uh, in a championship game. Uh, you went out and you got it. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to make that uh, result stand go differently um, this time around? So uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a, I wouldn't say it's put up or shut up because I don't think that the window closes at all for the current after this season, uh, to be honest, it's probably going to be open for quite a while for them. Um, but Uh, this is a type of team that you assemble with the idea of championship or bust in mind. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the thinking around the building as well. I'll keep going here since I'm on the next team as well. Uh, you got the North Carolina courage, um, the North Carolina courage. We've talked a lot about very, uh, a lot about players that they had that went elsewhere, like Diana Ordonez, um, and, uh, and Debina and uh, the list goes on and on. They also uh, traded away Carson Pickett. Um, she is now with racing Louisville uh, and acquired Emily Fox, U um, S women's national team left back. Um, Emily Fox is a fantastic left back. I, I think it's a, it's a good move, but you had Carson Pickett wire. Like it, it just makes, to me, it makes, doesn't make a ton of sense um, uh, about the trade there. But in general, you lose um some significant players, uh, on the back line, or sorry, you lose some significant players uh, across all three lines here. Um, you know they'll be returning Denisa Sullivan, uh, Brianna Pinto, and as well as uh, Meredith Speck. Um, uh, in the midfield, uh, obviously they, like I said, they added, um, they added uh Emily Fox. Um, to go with you've got Kiki Pickett back there uh, as well as Estelle Johnson and Kaylee Kurtz and Malaya Berkeley Um, that a lot of the players are kind of in there but I I I have a hard time seeing where the goals are going to come from Um, have Tyler Lucy uh, came over from Angel City I believe and you know I, I i like i said they've got some decent pieces i think in the midfield and the back line um but it's going to be very opposite of the team that we saw for the courage last year which was try and score more goals than you can get scored that than are scored upon you um and i i don't know where the goals are going to come from for this team and so i think you know you have to score goals to win games that's going to be a concern for the courage in 2022 2023 um some nice additions there but boy do they really need to get working um here obviously you have caroline caroline is an incredibly dynamic player up top with them with tyler lucy it should be kind of interesting but you lose debina you lose diana ordonez that's a really significant gut punch no matter who you add back to that off back to that attack so um Lots of questions for Sean's team there in North Carolina uh, and what's get what they're going to end up being this year um, feels very similar to the Chicago Red Stars in that aspect of, you know, you have some nice pickups. You still have some nice pieces on the roster, but what you lost is pretty significant and you haven't really quite replaced it. So um, hopefully for them, for their sake, it's not as much of a down year, but um who knows what's coming in 2023? I guess I'll throw it to you, Rachel. Uh, tell us about OL Rain.
1: Yeah, we're going to go a little bit out of alphabetical order here so Dan can relax his voice. <laughs> Had
0: me on three teams in a row, and I said, I'm switching this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like I, I thought about it, too, and I was like, eh, you know, let's break the rules a little bit. Why not? Um, OL Um, I wish people could see video because, you know, Matt usually wears his um, – Kits for the podcast well it's cold and i'm wearing a hoodie but i am wearing my ol rain hoodie so um very comfy by the way <laughs> ol rain they basically began the off season by re-signing pretty much everyone quinn re-signed sam hyatt resigned. they exercised options um on a bunch on a bunch of different players um marley canales signed uh, a one-year deal nikki stanton re-signed lauren barnes re-signed megan uh, Rapino, of course, resigned for another season, a lot, a lot, a lot of resigning, but there were some new acquisitions as well. Danny touched on it earlier, how Elise Bennett is now the newest member of OL reign after being traded from, um, the current, and then, um, they picked up Brazilian Luani and signed her through the 2025 season. And I really like this young kid. She's 20 year old Brazilian. Um, she spent some time in Serie A one, um, with Grimino. I hope I said that right. Um, but she is, she's a good young talent. She absolutely, um, destroyed in, I think it was the, the, u20 women's world cup um that was held in costa rica last year um and she you know she is very much deserving of of a big contract and making it into um the nwsl after after such such a good consistent um performance in that tournament so i'm excited to see um brazilians are coming in waves dan uh, and she's she's coming to she's coming to uh ol rain there was another um there was another acquisition made um, this off season two that I'm not a hundred percent sold on. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I haven't been sold on Emily Sonnet um, since her days in Portland. I thought she was weak in Washington, had a lot of injury problems. She is kind of turning into the new Kelly O'Hara where she is basically breadsticks sticks um, and getting hurt all of the time and still getting called onto rosters, which has never made sense to me, but uh, O.L. Rain acquired Emily Sonnet um, from the Washington Spirit they got. Uh, Washington in return got the 32nd overall pick in the 2023 draft. Um, and they are getting O.L. Reign's natural first round pick in next year's 2024 draft. Um, so two draft picks for Emily Sonnet. I think the natural first rounder, I think it's a little high for Emily Sonnet, but alas, she still has that national team. Um, name slapped on her. Um, Laura Harvey, of course, is the coach of this team. Um, again, resigned signed a lot of her players, a lot of players that she's very familiar with. Um, but I just want to know, will, will O.L. Reign be considered too old? Um, they had a massive, massive turnaround last year. And they, they went from being kind of like, they started off slow at the bottom, then they got to the middle of the pack. And then all of a sudden, they were Shield contenders and won the NWSL Shield. So, I think it, it, OL Rain has on their wish list that they, they probably want a little bit more consistency um, in 2023, but will they be too old um, is the big question there. Um, so Dan, before I throw it to you for Gotham FC, um, just want to tell our lovely listeners about one of our new sponsors. Um, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG, signature AG one is perfect for daily nutrients and gut health support. AG one solves two of the most important health needs, the nutrients your body needs each day and the foundation of long-term gut health. Together they feel they feel whole body health, impacting everything from sleep, digestion, energy, mood, immunity to the health of your hair, skin, and nails. Simply follow the link in our show description and get started today with Athletic Greens. Um, so thank you again to Athletic Greens for sponsoring our podcast. Um, and we will hear about our other two sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC, um later at the end of the show. Um, so Dan. Got them. they got uh, Lynn Williams this offseason among many, many moves. Are they actually going to be a contender this year?
0: Yeah, I actually think they are. Um, I, for a team that lost, uh, did not win, maybe not lost, but did not win as many in a row as they did last season, I think was almost a fluke. I mean, it's at some point it's just um, insanely bad luck in some of their performances i don't i don't think they were a great team i don't th- even think they were a playoff team i but I, they sure as heck were not that bad um of a team at least by eye test um i thought they had some good pieces still have some good pieces um you know i think one of the biggest things for me is uh, going to be the addition of uh kristen edmonds and kelly o'hara Um, Kelly O'Hara and Kristen Edmonds are both experienced, heady defenders um, in a very young back line. Um, Mandy Freeman and Monty Dorsey, Ellie Jean, uh, Neely Martin. um, uh, Neely Martin comes over from uh, Louisville, but, um, you know, those Jean Freeman and Dorsey are both are all three of those are uh, players who have already been on this team. Um, And we kind of saw what the results were going to be with them back there. Um, But I'm telling you, uh, I mean, Abby, Sorry, goodness gracious. I should probably scroll up a little bit more and remember the rest of the roster, but Ali Krieger um and Berninia still within that back line as well. I just think adding the experience of players like Edmonds, um, like O'Hara. Um Edmonds was ha, has been an ultimate professional. She is a Swiss Army knife, she is one of my favorites and that uh, of what I would call like the mentality giants, like she is so good at mentally preparing herself for the roles that she's in. And I think she um, can pass on a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom to some of these other players and the fact that she's actually a really darn good defender still um, and would be a really good addition to that team. Um, in the midfield, of course, you've got McCall Zerboni, Taron Torres, um, and uh, Chrissy Muis, All three of them provide a, a pretty good bite there. In the midfield, there's Allie Long as well um, in the mix. Uh, but the addition for me, you know, have Victoria Pickett in there as well as a very good box-to-box crafty dribbler, um, I, I think for her, the question is the final product at times, but um, in terms of helping the team get from defensive third to the attacking third, she is uh, an incredible asset in that, uh, in that, in that space. And in that type of player, um, Yasmeen Ryan was a fantastic pickup for them. I thought Yasmeen Ryan was incredibly good in the um in the NWSL final, uh, she played a heck of a game for Portland. Um, overall, you know, you have that kind of you add players like they have, um, over the last few, you know, towards the end of last season into this year, um, adding, uh, Lynn Williams to uh, a front line of Midge Purse and uh, Ifioma Onomonu. um, you know, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of speed, a lot of pace in there. There's still some roster spots too that haven't been completely nailed down with them. Um, you've got a new coach in Juan Carlos Amoros who came over from Houston Dash uh, previously, I believe, of Tigres in uh, Liga M- in the Liga MX femenil. Um, so I, you know, I think the right moves have been made to turn this team around. Um, the only the, the question that happens, or the, the hard thing that happens sometimes is when you change so much, the the amount of time it takes for it to gel and get all on one page can sometimes hinder the top ceiling of what you can see in that group on paper. Um because it does take time. Um, And I think this is a concern with Gotham. I think this might be a little bit of a concern with the current um, and trying to figure out how to get everybody on the field and get the best group of players out on the field at the same time to mesh and get results. Ultimately the results are the name of the game. Um, So I think with all of the change, it's good and it should put them in the right direction. I'd be shocked if this team didn't make the playoffs, but it's, it, it might take a little while for it to, to gel and to click. And it it didn't click right away for Amoros and Houston as well. Um, I will still question the the move that he made in the playoffs to take off Ebony Salmon. Uh, Did not understand it. I, I mean, I heard his rationale for it, didn't agree with it, didn't understand it. Um, it's probably what potentially lost them the game because they were really just going downhill at the current in that game. So, you know, does he have – the decision-making in some of these tight games, I think maybe it might be a little easy when you're uh, in Mexico with Tigres, which is, you know, one of the best teams in that league, if not the best. And uh, you maybe have one or two other teams that are kind of battling close to you um, in that league, but uh in the nwsl every single team has legitimate star power um and has the ability to win games that's why last year uh it was very difficult for teams to win by more than two or three goals um you just didn't see blowouts happen in the league because of the the quality across the board and so you've got to be able to make those decisions and get those decisions right in matches where you're losing or you're tied and you've got to be able to make those things happen so can he make those things happen? That's a question I've got, and I think we'll see answered over the next year or so. Um, but ultimately, things should definitely be looking out for the Gotham after a uh, pretty dismal 2022 season.
1: Yeah, I think a team that, you know, started off slow and everybody thought they were going to have a dismal season last year um, was the Orlando Pride. And um, Orlando, Seb Hines, he he really helped to, to turn that ship Um And they came really, really darn close to making the playoffs. Um, They were in 10th place, but don't let that number fool you. Um, They, they fought all the way to the end. I think it was like the second to last weekend. They officially got nixed out of, or like the the third to last weekend they got nixed out of playoff contention. Um, But uh, a really good turnaround for Seb Hines. I got to chat with him. Um, While well, he was still in that kind of waiting period of, of interim to head to actual head coach. Um, and he, he's just a really wonderful guy I had a really nice chat with him. And you know, he said to me, I've only lived in one place that isn't England and that is Orlando, Florida. He loves Orlando. He loves the Pride. He loves the Lions. Um, and, and so for him to get his due um and to get the head coaching position down there is is very well deserved. Um, but this is his first full year. So what's gonna happen? I don't know. Um, but he's off to a good start because the pride, um, I, I think a lot of people can argue they they probably did the NWSL draft the best. Um, I think other teams had a really good draft as well, but I think Orlando probably had the best draft. They got an absolute steal with Messiah Bright. She recently just signed a three-year deal. Emily Madrill um, was picked up. She has not signed yet, but she was their first round selection. Tori Hansen, Summer Yates. Summer Yates has signed a two-year deal. And Kristen Scott also picked up in the draft. Uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to see Messiah Bright um, this season for, for the Pride. I think she's going to make an immediate impact for them. Um, Haley Hansen, Ali Watt, Erica Timrack, and of course, Marta, they all signed on, um, for two more years. Darian Jenkins retired, which opened the door, um, for Orlando to sign, um, and to kind of slot in that spot. Um, another Brazilian, Adriana, Adriana Leal da Silva. Hey, if you can't get the beanie, you might as well get another Brazilian, huh? Um, so she signed on a three-year deal with Orlando. So, Looking forward to see how she does um, for them. I, the biggest question right now for Orlando is the defense, and they traded away Courtney Peterson in the offseason, um, and they picked up a couple players, a couple defenders in the draft, um, and the goalkeeper. Aaron McLeod and uh, Gunny Jan's daughter went off to Iceland, um, and so now they're looking for who's goalkeeper number one. Um, Anna Morehouse is pretty much the, the likely – of the, the other goalkeepers. Um, she used to play for Arsenal, West Ham, and Bordeaux in France. Um, I think I saw she started her senior career with Everton as well. Um, she seems to be the top contender for the number one goalkeeper spot. But there is Carly Nelson breathing down her neck too. Um, she got a little bit of time last year. She um, had some time, excuse me, she had some time with O.L. Rain and I believe Kansas City as well too. Um, so Orlando going to be solidifying who that goalkeeper number one is. Um, I'm excited to see Seb Hines in his first year um, as an NWSL head coach. Um, and I honestly think, if it, even if it doesn't happen this year, although I think it will, Uh, Orlando is going to be a team that they're going to be, they're going to be built to last quite some time, uh, toward the top of the table. I do think it will happen this year. Um, and I, I really, really want to see that team be competitive because ever since, you know, they entered the league, they had such, um, expectations with bringing on, um, Ashlyn Harris and Alex Morgan, Alex Morgan never really performed for them. Ashlyn Harris. I, I think my feelings about her have been said on this podcast before about, um, the lacking of of being a consistent, solid goalkeeper um in the league. But I think that Orlando this year has the squad. And I love that they are they're kind of doing it with like, and I really hate to use this phrase, but they're doing it with a lot of no-name players. Obviously, Marta is the big standout here, but let's be honest, how many people know about Ali Watt um, and Erica Timrak? Um, and, and Haley Hansen. I think they're going to have really good careers in Orlando. Um, and I think that Orlando is going to do very, very well this season and surprise a lot of people. Um, Dan, you've got their reigning champions, the Portland Thorns who beat, um, Kansas city in, in Washington, uh, DC at the NWSL championship last year. Um, not super new look for the Thorns, but they do have a new head coach
0: they do have a new head coach uh yeah the the situation um that led to Rianne wilkinson's uh exit um a heck of a heck of a a heck of a thing to to deal with um look this is still a team with a roster that should uh be up there and compete in the nwsl um, at the highest level what Rianne did was really impressive to get all of the really insanely talented players on that team to play at or above um, their abilities as a collective and, and to make it all fit. Um, Sam coffee was a revelation in the midfield. Um, you know, I, they still have so many other players in here. Um, Natalie Cuica, Megan Klingenberg, Kelly Hubley, uh, Crystal Dunn. I mean, you, the list goes on. This is a stacked roster. Um, they added Reina Reyes in the draft, who is one of the best defenders in the draft. Uh, very solid player. Also a very under-the-radar pickup in Izzy Diacula from Santa Clara University. Um, Broncos are... Well, known for uh, men and women's soccer um, products uh, that eventually go out and ball out and do great things um, in the NWSL. So ultimately, um, this is a team that, like you, you shouldn't be surprised that this team will be at the top, uh, if not near the top, and fighting, um, for the shield at the end of the year. I, I don't think anything else will happen unless there's, um, significant injuries. There will be a lot of absences from the World Cup on this squad, um, uh, that, that's that is for sure. Um, but they've just got a lot of really good players in here. Hina Sagita. Um, not to mention league MVP and golden boot winner and Sophia Smith, uh, you know, Sophia Smith, uh, is just recently kind of getting back into the swing of things when it comes to, um, playing uh, she was out with foot injury for the majority of the off season and early preseason. However, um, this is a really darn good team. Uh, I, like I said, I just, it's so fun to just kind of scroll this roster and like every, I, I rarely get to a name where I'm like, yeah, that's, there's a weak spot. Um, every single player on this team is is uh, incredibly talented. Um, you know, like you like you said, the biggest question is the coach. Um, Rian Wilkinson provided a very good roadmap for um new head coach to properly to 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 uh, in Mike Norris to. It's like, here's the roadmap for how to make everybody work together and uh, an idea of how this thing could work, how everybody could fit. Um, But a fit and healthy crystal done um, thrown into the mix might change things a little bit for how they want to do, how they want to attack. And I I think this is going to be, you know, a lot of people looked at the Asmine Ryan trade. A lot of people looked at um, a couple of other things with them that, you know, could have. I feel like it's too people too quickly have just been like focusing on the current um, and focusing on maybe some of the other teams all, along the Eastern seaboard uh, and a lot of the activity when the fact is that the substance of this roster for the Portland thorns is one of the best, if not the best in the league. Um, and so I, I expect nothing less of the thorns to be up fighting at the top. If they don't, it'll be a shock. Is it championship or bust for them? I don't know if you can say that coming off a championship, um everything has to go right for you to win a championship literally everything has to go right um in terms of health in terms of success i mean everything It any sport any team everything has to go right for you to win a championship so can you create ha- have all of the luck on your side outside of creating your own luck to win that championship again that's the big question can you do it with a new coach i would be i, I would be shocked if the thorns Uh, and the current met before the final game of the nwsl season um next year Uh, i wouldn't be shocked if it's a rematch um so yeah i all aboard the thorns train again for 2023 i don't see any anything else happening with this team um i like i said i will be absolutely shocked if they are anything below like the top four teams in the nwsl
1: Oh, my predictions are going to make you uh, sweat a little later than Dan. (laughs) Um, I'm going to talk about racing Louisville and listen, if you it's appropriate, it's March Madness season. And if you know anything about me and March Madness, it's number one, I pick Kentucky every single year and they let me down every single year. Um, I know, I know, I know, but go Wildcats. Um, (laughs) And of course, I love me a good upset. Um, racing Louisville. I think racing Louisville is the team this year. That's going to provide a few upsets. I really, really, really like their manager. I think it's very interesting that, um, last year he came from Europe. So usually like Dan and I, we both cover men's soccer. We understand that a lot of players will go, you know, from the U S to Europe. And that's like, you know, the big thing that's very celebrated, but, in the women's soccer world, it's kind of flipped around. Um, a lot of Europeans will come over here, and that's like the big deal. Like the NWSL is lauded, um, as and praised really as one of the best leagues in the world. Um, so if not the best league in the world, so racing Louisville, man, they picked up some players. Um, Dan talked about it a little earlier, Carson Pickett got um brought into the fold she signed a three-year deal today with racing equalizer soccer broke the news this morning Um, jess mcdonald was on loan uh to in in australia i think she was with uh i think she was with canberra but i could be i could be very wrong about that um she scored a bunch of goals but can she continue that form um in rate with racing um, I was going to say that Just McDonald was going to be a super sub player, but now with the injury to Amina Ekic, um, she's out for a little bit with a leg injury. That could mean that McDonald could be um, a, a starter, in the, at least in the first few matches. But that was before the team brought in Uchenna Kanu. Um, and listen, I've been covering Liga Mekis for, uh, I should say Liga Mekis Femenil, Um for about three years now and I haven't seen a player come into the league um, and just absolutely – spark off like a firecracker, like me official and Luciana Uchina Um and they both just absolutely lit it up in Tigris. I think that was those two really were the propelling factors for them lifting the title um in in the recent apertura campaign. Um and they are really, really struggling up front right now without Kanu. Um Tigris has lost three games this year. That's never happened before in Liga MX femenil. Um but anyway back to Racing Louisville. Yeah, so she had I think there's a clause in her contract that she either she has to score either 12 or 13 goals um for um r- Racing Louisville to get m- more I think it's they either pay more money I think they pay more money to get her, um, but it was a really big transfer fee. I think it was about $150,000 um, transfer fee to get Kanu. That's one of the bigger deals. Um, and it's a great look for both Liga Emekes Femenil and for the NWSL Um we, we've seen partnerships with with teams in both leagues just absolutely thriving um reyadas just recently played in um north carolina but north carolina has a partnership with club america um angel city just recently played uh who did they play they played america yeah they played america um and uh OL rain recently played america I think I might've gotten Angel City's wrong. I don't know, but they just played a a recently get Becky's team um, as well. So there's a lot of partnerships going on. Of course, you have the Tigris partnership um, with the Houston dash. Um, And then I think last year it was again, club America that played in the, um, I don't remember the tournament's name, but whatever tournament that was held in Louisville last year. Um, And the Monterey played in the tournament that's held in Portland, the ICC uh, tournament. So lots of partnerships and that was used to bring uh, Uchenna Kanu to race in Louisville. I think she's going to score a lot of goals. Um, I don't think the NWSL is going to uh, other teams in the league are going to be able to handle her. I think she is just, you know, an, an absolute threat in front of goal. She has been wonderful for uh, Nigeria as well um, and definitely helped them qualify for the World Cup. That being said, she is going to be gone for the World Cup more than likely this summer, so um, they're going to want to get those goals from her very fast, very furious. Um, Resigning, two players uh, re-signed through 2025. Uh, Jalen Howell, of course, the Florida State alum, um, and Katie Lund, their goalkeeper, who I think she broke a couple records last year. Paige Monaghan, she signed the same deal after joining racing um, in the offseason from Gotham. So I'm intrigued to see how she will fit in with the squad there. But I think racing, they they make me nervous because they look super, super good on paper. But I'm just wondering how they're going to do in game action. So I will be tuning in mostly to their games this year. Um, I'm excited to watch Kanu play um, and I'm just hope i really want racing to to do well they have an amazing facility um and that stadium is absolutely awesome so um racing louisville they they are at the top of my list for teams that are going to surprise this year um and then i'm gonna keep it to myself because i'm gonna talk about the san diego wave um san diego wave last year were really uh firing off of the heels of alex morgan um putting up just some absolute big numbers, winning that golden boot um, last year. Rachel Hill, Daniel Colaprico, they joined from Chicago. Dan, you talked about the mass exodus um, from the Windy City, so I'm not going to repeat the sentiments there. Um, But San Diego, they re-signed Maggie Dougherty Howard, um, who used to play in Washington and most recently played in Orlando, signed her to a two-year deal, and they re-signed Kaylee Real for a two-year deal. Um, I think a lot of this season again is going to depend on Alex Morgan and that partnership she has uh, with Taylor Corniak. Um, both players should be heading to um, Australia and New Zealand for the World Cup but I like some of these depth players that they have coming back um, like Amira Ali, Bella Brady and Mia Gayu. Um, Mackenzie Doniak, she used to play um, she used to play in, in Chicago she was a good depth piece um, for when players would go on international duty um, as well so I'm excited to see her back. Um, they're losing out on Jody Taylor. Again, Katie Johnson, she signed with Angel City. So um, the depth needed up top is going to going to need to really just be ready for the world for the World Cup and when their players are gone. Um, Madison Pogarch resigned um on a one year deal and uh they recently just uh resigned a local player sierra uh, i think this is igne igne um with a mutual option for for 2024 so a lot of young players in san diego but casey Stoney showed um how she is just absolutely a, a unit on the sideline just one of the best coaches i voted for matt potter last year for coach of the year but if i could have had two votes for for a number one choice my other choice um choice would have been um casey stoney just what she has done with uh san diego is is pretty amazing and of course they have naomi gurma and she's just you know a boss on defense so um i think san diego is in pretty good hands going into um another 23 2023 season where they hope to be uh as successful as they were in 2022 So last but not least, uh, they won the NWSL championship in 2021 and they failed to qualify last year, excuse me, sitting in 11th place, the Washington spirit, Dan, are they going to come back? Are they going to have a shot at the playoffs? Um, a a team with Trinity Rodman.
0: It's a team with Trinity Rodman, but I don't know that they've done enough to get themselves, uh, back out of the bottom of the nwsl um maybe a couple of teams might have put themselves below them however i don't necessarily see this team being able to uh you know give it given all the moves made above them in the table um they did not make any moves uh that struck me as something that was going to move the needle for them and get themselves back in the postseason. Um, You've got Trinity Roudman, of course, a fantastic player, one of the best attackers in the league. She will be, you know, a significant outlet and probably the main outlet for them. Ashley Hatch as well, a decent forward in the midfield. You've got Ashley Sanchez, um, and Andy Sullivan, as well as Jordan Baggett. But I, I just have some other questions. I, you know, they didn't take a draft pick until the third round, trading down multiple times, uh, opportunity to get some quality young players in there. And I, you know, they ended up taking a lot of draft player draft picks in the draft. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, you know, I think there was opportunities for them to improve places where I think they have issues, which um, is the back line and in the midfield. And I think that's why they were in the spot that they were in last year is that they just couldn't defend very well. And, you know, they got a lot of midfielders on that roster, um, the back line, uh, you know, but really the only two that I see as players who are going to make a significant difference in matches is going to be Sanchez and Sullivan. Um, And none of those, uh, you know, Sanchez is a bit of a bit of an attacking, uh, push for them, but, um, you know, I, I, I have my concerns and I feel like, (laughs) I feel like my concerns are for good reason. Um, just that it feels like, you know, I don't know that this team is deep enough to do it. I don't know that, um, they've got enough talent, um, as a whole to push themselves back up in the standings. Um, so I, I'm concerned about the spirit again this year. Um, it would be great for them if that if some of these draft picks turned out to be um, wonderful sleeper picks um, and, and and contribute a lot. And I think some of them might have the opportunity to be really good pros. I think Nicole Douglas is a good player. Um, I, I I just don't I don't know if I see it with this team like I see I see six. I certainly see six better teams uh, in the NWSL. And I, I don't think this is one of the worst, but this is certainly not one of the best six in my opinion. So for me, I'm out on the spirit this year, but, um, you know, I think – Maybe uh, a new situation, the rebrand, all the kind of stuff. Uh, maybe they're a team that's more active in the middle of the season and trying to acquire players that changes their fortune um, because that is one way you can do it. Um, the Kansas City Currents showed that by making the end-season trade to get CC Kaiser. Um, that flipped their entire – helped really propel them um, after they had already started to kind of turn the page um, on their season. So if if they can make a move like that, maybe come calling to a team like – Kansas City, that's got a lot of depth or somebody or somewhere else um, and see if they can, you know, exchange some picks or some money, some funny money to get um, some players that are, you know, buried on a roster somewhere else that would impact them. That might be a great way forward. But, um, you know, they've had the entire offseason to do that and haven't done that. So I am waiting for them to do that um, if they want to be in the postseason in twenty twenty three.
1: Washington recently made news for signing 15 year old Chloe Ricketts to uh, yes. a contract. Um, and they have Mark Parsons. He came back uh, to the NWSL um, to coach the Washington spirit. So that's our team by team preview, but Dan, we have a couple more things to talk about. Um, so I'm going to let you go first. Um, tell us who you have making the playoffs and just why you picked these six teams.
0: All right. So we're going to go from six to one uh, in this, because um that's no fun to say like tease people who's going to be just barely above average. Um, so for me uh, in sixth, uh, I have Gotham making it. Like I said, I think that um, they've got to work some things out and figure out how they're going to make that team work um, together. Um, new coach, new, everybody, new system, new day in New York and New Jersey. There's a lot of news going on there, but um, I think they'll make the postseason. So I have them sixth in fifth. I have angel city, um yeah, Christian Press is, is is it for them and i think um Christian Press if she if she if she's going to play if she is able to set foot on the field at all this year um she will she'll be able to help lead them to the promised land um but i don't anticipate a ton of that um and so i think i think angel city's a good team i think they'll be entertaining um they'll make the playoffs Um, but sadly for them, I don't think they're going to get to host a playoff game this year, Um, but uh, I do think um, that they'll end up making it. Also, just, I mean, Alyssa Thompson is the freaking truth. Um, If you haven't seen the goal that she scored in that preseason friendly uh, against America, that was a boss move from a 18 year old kid um, who is going to be a really, really good pro. Um, So will she be, will she be what they need? for what they will be missing with Kristen Press for a lot of the season. I don't know if she'll be that, but she's going to be really darn good. Um in fourth, I've got the next just a little bit further south on I5. We got the San Diego Wave. Um for me, I think, you know, Alex Morgan I think is kind of towards the end of her career as good as she is. A lot of what she did last season was in a poachers mode or penalties um, and they were able to create a lot of the situations where they create that luck. Um, I don't see enough uh, change in them. And like in terms of adding attackers that help create more of those moments um, because I don't know if you can always get lucky, but I do like the back line and the goalkeeping situation for this team. And like you said, Casey Stoney is a darn good coach um, and I expect her to figure out a lot of the things for this team and help, help put them in the right places to succeed. So, I have San Diego in fourth in third. I've got the Houston dash. Um, that is a insane attacking line, um, insanely fast speed kills. Um, but I am not convinced yet about the new coach. Don't know much about them. Um, uh, it's a new coach, new situation. They were really good last year when they got under Amaros. Now he's no longer there. Um, do they do they go to a 343 do they go to a 433 what do they do um good places good players on this team um but i think in the midfield if anything is where they are lacking decent Defense decent attack, but the midfield is where you win games and win championships. And I don't know that they have that in them to maybe truly put themselves in the shield conversation. But I do think they are going to be one of the best teams in the NWSL. And then in second, I have the Portland Thorns. Um, I just think that they're a very good team, very good roster. It's going to be really hard for this team to be bad, uh, in my opinion. And then number one, I have Kansas City. Um, I think last year they were, uh. Very close to finishing first. Uh, That was a possibility on the final day. And literally the amount of like bad luck things that had to happen to push them down to fifth for um, the end of the within like a 10 minute span uh, was just unreal. And something that is uh, for them. I don't think was indicative of how good they were. Obviously, they ended up making the final. Um, I think that they're going to be incredibly difficult to play in KC. They traveled really well last year on the road. Uh, They've got the talent. They've got the uh, ability in all of – Players across all the positions um, to be really, really good. Um, their biggest concern, the biggest issue last year was their ability to hold on to the ball, which kind of managed some of the defensive situations that they found themselves in. And they just went out and added two of the best um, ball retention midfielders in the NWSL with DiBernardo and Gutreau. So I think overall, the, the Kansas City roster. Um, is the best. Uh, I think Potter's an excellent coach and he will get this team rolling and clicking as quick as possible. So, uh, yeah, I say, I say current end up, uh, in first in the NWSL winning the shield this year. Um, so yeah. What about you, Rachel?
1: We have three of the same. (laughs) I love a good upset. So in sixth place, I have racing Louisville. I just believe in them. Um, I know they look good on paper, so we don't really know what they're going to look like on the pitch yet. but I believe... Um, in, in racing Louisville, I'm um, going with San Diego in fifth place. Um, repeating a spot in the playoffs, but maybe dropping down um a spot or two from last year. I do think the international break is going to hurt them. Um, and the inexper- inexperience with some of their depth might hurt. Um, Houston Dash at number four. Um, I like every single move that they've made this off season. Um, I think Diana Ordonia's is going to be lethal for them. I wanted to put them in third place, but I just believe in the Orlando Pride more. Um, I, I think Seth Pines is gonna be a really, really good fit for this team. The players are all really like they all they're all bought into him. They all appreciate him. Everybody wanted him back uh this this offseason. So I think he's gonna do some really good things. And again, Messiah Bright, need I even say more. Um OL Rain's gonna be a number two this year, I think. Um I, I just Yes, they are still a little bit of an aging team, but maybe maybe those players get better like fine wine, get better with age. Um, I, I think Bethany Balser is going to have a good year. She is a player that I still think in this league is criminally un, underappreciated. Um, so while a bunch of folks are off on international duty, she and um, she and Veronica Lasko will pretty much be holding down the fort um in the attack for them. And then I'm gonna agree with you, Dan, Kansas City. You can't bring in that many players, especially Davinia, and not expect um to, to win it all. Um and honestly the players that they brought in too like Gatra and um and de Bernardo, they're not going anywhere for the World Cup. So they're gonna be right at home training, getting a better feel for their teammates. Um solidifying that uh chemistry a little bit more. Um I, I like Matt Potter as a coach. I believe in Kansas City and what they're doing. Can't say enough good things about their ownership, Chris and Angie. I've gotten to meet them and talk to them a couple times now. Just really 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 good people. Um and the vision that they have down in in Kansas City is just is quite remarkable and and it's really setting the standard um across the league. So I believe in Kansas City just like you, Dan. Uh, so some very early, early picks for the NWSL awards. Um, Dan, why don't you tell us uh, who you got here?
0: All right. So for me, uh, I've got for MVP, I've got Dabinia. Um, I think if, if the Thor, if the current are going to win, uh, first place uh, in the NWSL they're going to do it because Tabinia was a baller um I think she's one of the craftiest I think she's one of the best players in the league there's a reason why she was so highly sought after I think she's genuinely MVP caliber um MVP quality so for me um you know obviously I think that kind of stuff has to be taken into account um I think she'll end up leading the league in goals and assists this year um so much firepower potentially in front of her and the firepower that she has herself um i think she will end up taking the mvp because of that goals plus assist number um and then for me defender this is another another little bit of a hometown one i am not a big fan of like like okay if if naomi Naomi gurma comes back out and is just Head and shoulders, the best defender in the league again. Great. Um, I tend to be one that's like looking for the, like the next person to deserve that award. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to the team that's allowed the least amount of goals and the best defender on that team should win goalkeeper or defender of the year. Um, so for me, I think I think Alex Laware should have been in the conversation for rookie of the year last year. Um, not a lot of people cared to pay attention to what she was doing. Um, in her role with the current. Um, I think she will be uh, predominantly on the back line for the current. I don't see them really switching away from that three at the back yet. Um, and I think she's going alongside Elizabeth ball. She's going to be a lights out defender um, there in the middle of the park. She is only going to get better. She continued to get better last season and I can continue to see it um, for me. Kaylin Sheridan uh, goalkeeper. I think she's one of the best in the league, if not close to the best. Um, I, I just, I, I, appreciate the work that she does. Um, The penalty saves, the uh, it's the management of the line in front of her too. She is kind of the complete picture as a goalkeeper. Um, And so I I will not be shocked if Sheridan um, should deservedly win uh, goalkeeper of the year this year. Um, For rookie, I went with Alyssa Thompson because I think she's going to, uh, I think she's going to ball out um, and be the uh, best rookie I think Michelle Cooper is going to be very, very good for the current. I think she's going to score a lot of goals. Um, But if Alyssa Thompson scores double-digit goals, it's going to be pretty easily uh, her for the Rookie of the Year this year. Um, Potter for Coach. If you win, if you have the MVP, you have the best defender. You're going to win the Shield. You should probably win the Coach of the Year. Um, Should have won it last year uh, for the work that he did in making a a bad team um, as good as they ended up being. Um, And then for Golden Boot, I I. While I said MVP for Dabinia, um, to me, I think Sophia Smith is still going to be the best striker in the league. I think she will score a boatload of goals again. um, And she will, for me, I I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up winning the Golden Boot. So that's my pick there. Um, As young as she is, her best years continue to be ahead of her. Um, She's got something figured out. So she will be very, very deadly again in 2023. Rachel, what you got?
1: I think those are all really solid picks and I would not be upset with any single one of those. Um, I think for me, I for MVP, I I steered away from anybody who I think will be gone for the world cup. So I picked Maria Sanchez for MVP. I thought she had a really good year last year. Um, and I think, you know, she may not score every single goal for Houston, but I think she is an ultimate playmaker. She has some really good assists. Um, I'm looking for a big year from her. Um, especially with Rachel Daly gone now they need someone to really step up on that team. Um, especially when all the internationals are gone. Although Maria, I'm sure would love to be in, uh, in australia and new zealand the summer but alas um naomi gurma for defender of the year i think i think Lorea is a really really good shout um but i just think that naomi gurma she's she's honestly like she hasn't dipped in the international games that uh have been played i think she has been really good really crisp and and she's the future and the present for the U.S. women's national team. Um, I really like her. I like her defensive game. And I can't really argue against a defender with a defensive coach. Um, Fallon Tellus joyce for for goalkeeper of the year for me for O.L. Reign, I think she had a really good year last year. Kaylin Sheridan is is a really tough one to pick against. But I think just for the sake of switching it up since she won it this year, I'm going to go with um, Fallon from O.L. Reign rookie of the year I'm on the Messiah Bright hype train um it could very well be Alyssa Thompson I think that's a good shout um but I think Messiah Bright is going to have a bit of something to say for being picked so low in the draft everyone was shocked that she dropped um to to late in the second round like she did and I think she's going to go on the Messiah Bright revenge tour um and score a bunch of goals and just do really really good things for Orlando Um, I thought he should have won last year. So I'm going to agree with you on this one, Matt Potter for coach of the year. Uh, what he's done in Kansas city is, is really, really special. I know he came in and a lot of people were like, Oh, who's this guy? Um, and I think he has commanded a lot of respect in the league. Um, golden boot. Uh, I'm going to go with Diana Ordonez because I think the internationals being gone um, is is going to affect the golden boot race. And Diana Ordonez, closer to home, closer to Mexico, she's going to score a bunch of goals this year, I think. Um, but that's really going to do it for our, our show, pretty much. We don't have any pickums to go off of yet. It's a little bit too early um, until the games happen to do that. Um, so, Dan, why don't you tell us about our friends from Icarus FC and give us your last words.
0: Yeah, if you're tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas, if you're looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team, Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price with the motto, any design you want, seriously. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. I have no last words other than get out, go see some NWSL soccer this year. Um, It's going to be fantastic uh, to watch. I... I think there's so much talent across the league. A lot of new players that I'm excited um, about learning about. I feel like last year I got a really good basic knowledge in year one of covering the league. Um, I'm excited to potentially uh, to really deepen that and expand that knowledge um, of the rest of the league and uh, dive into, uh, you know, the league as a whole and all of the fantastic players across the board that it has to offer. And I hope you do the same. Um, So hopefully we'll see you out there, support your local women's soccer team and get out and enjoy yourselves
1: thanks dan and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us uh for this nwsl podcast i want to give a shout out to our sponsor and a big thank you to roughneck scarves the official scarf supplier of mls usl and u.s soccer don't forget to get your custom scarves for your group or team today at roughneckscarves.com got an fc cincinnati scarf Uh, this weekend to add to my collection. Had to. Um, Last words. First, you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Krigger. There are two A's in my name, not just one. Um, I want to give just very, very quick shout outs. Number one, shout out to Luke. Happy birthday. And I hope you get this job. Number two, shout out to Freedom Lady Bulldog Basketball that I, I've i been so honored um, and privileged to cover for my local newspaper, the Beaver County Times this year. They have truly, um, the running joke is that now I am an honorary Bulldog. And they actually asked me today to come speak at their banquet um, that they're going to have in mid-April, which is going to be just an awesome honor. I've gotten really close with the players and their families and and Coach John and everyone. Um, and if, if a basketball ref could call a travel every once in a while, they would have won their game um, in the PIAA tournament. So shout out to Freedom. And hey, it's March Madness. Got to give a shout out to my Pitt Panthers for going dancing for the first time in a very, very long time. Please do not go out in the first round, aka the play in game. I believe in you, Pitt. Let's do this thing. Um, and again, echoing damn sentiments, watch the NWSL, get out to a game or two. I plan on heading to beautiful Audi Field at least once this season and trying to get back down to Orlando for a game. Um, and I've been saying I keep trying to get out to Kansas City, but I'm, I'm I am really going to try to do it. Um, for sure. Uh, I, I know Dan will take me to some good barbecue places, uh, around town. Um, but listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen to this podcast now, um, the day before the season starts, whatever, whatever you decide to do, but the NWSL season starts on March 25th. So just be sure to listen, um, before that awesome date that we know you're going to have circled on your calendar. Um, Thanks for listening. Thank you again to our sponsors, Athletic Greens, Roughneck Scarves, Icarus FC. Thank you to last Last word on sports. And listeners, we will see you next time. And in our next show, we will be talking about the first round of CONCACAF Champions League.